Welcome to another edition of the OG Livewire. I'm excited for today. It's uh, it's great to be playing any meaningful uh, fantasy football games in uh, Week 16. Hopefully, this can help you out in, in a number of your leagues. I know we're we're down and out in terms of uh, high stakes players being able to make uh, waiver wire additions, but we still have dynasty formats. We still have home leagues. We still got a lot to talk about. Let's go. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash off is the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. So yesterday was really, really tilting. Uh, if you're a fantasy manager and you had Jalen Hurts, uh, then you're hurting today. It was a really, really tough injury, uh, not just in terms of the level of player going down. Uh, you have the the factor that closed the waiver wire is closed in high stakes formats. So if you were carrying Jalen Hurts, you know you you might not have been too excited about your your backup. QB option. I know in the uh, NFFC New York Super team that I split with Nelson Sousa, we're in a four-team playoff, uh, and right now Jalen Hurts is, was our starter, um, and we have Gardner Minshew ready to go uh, as his replacement. So it's a significant drop-off. Um, I have another uh, very, very good uh, Triflex Dynasty team uh, where I'm in there with a number of, uh, you know, former GOAT District guests. Um, you know, Mike Schopp has a team in that league. Abi Bagbatoba has a team in that league. Austin Martin has a team in that league. And then Dan Williamson and Andrew share a team as well. And Jalen Hurts had kind of carried me in that league. I was in the top two, so I didn't have to play last week. Uh, so Jalen Hurts' uh, you know, big game didn't really help me. Um, and again, that was a team where I have Gardner Minshew uh, ready to go in as his replacement. So I, I go from being one of the top two teams to, you know, very much middle of the pack and not uh, a team that that would be considered the favorite without him. So it's really unfortunate because of the timing of the injury, um, the fact that certain leagues you can't really add a replacement, uh, and also the fact that it was Monday. We didn't see him take a really hard hit. You saw him fall into the end zone. You saw the Eagles, you know, leave the field. Nobody had their heads held down. You know, no one assumed a quarterback injury. Now, the Eagles say that they're optimistic about this one. I tend to think they're always lying, um, especially when it comes to QBs. We saw how the Lamar Jackson uh, injury was downplayed by Harbaugh. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's it's him goes from, you know, we're not sure what's going on with him to he's missing multiple weeks. 
So the Hertz Hertz injury really, really hurt. Um, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't, you can't, uh, you know, keep your head down because, you know, if you're playing meaningful games right now, you're only competing against a few teams and strange things can happen in the fantasy playoffs. Um, you know, I have optimism. We'll go over Gardner Minshew in a little bit, but Gardner Minshew's had a number of QB1 games uh, in his career. Um, he is certainly not Jalen Hurts, but I think in a one-game sample um, against a pretty banged-up Dallas defense right now, uh, I think that Minshew is 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 pretty intriguing. So I'm not, I'm not like you know keeping my you know <laughs> hanging my head down. I'm I'm going for the win this week. I'm going to see what we can get out of Minshew, and we're just going to keep on trucking. And I really hope Jalen Hurts comes back strong. Uh, again, I always am a little pessimistic about these injuries, especially at the QB position. I think they're they're just kind of dishonest. Um, anyway, uh, quickly looking into the comments, we've got uh, Giselle Jones. Uh, shout out to Giselle. He lost Hurts, and now he's trying to get Goff and Purdy right now. Jared Goff is a, is a good one, um, you know, to go after. We don't, we're not, we weren't going to talk about him because he's rostered um, in a higher threshold. We usually talk about guys that are 25% or less uh, available in, in Yahoo formats. Um, but I think that, you know, if you have Goff just pulling up his schedule, uh, Jared Goff has the Panthers this week, and then he has the Bears next week. And the Bears is a smash spot for him. So I think Jared Goff would be a really, really good one. Shout out to Harry Snowman. Brutal week. Um, you know it, Harry Snowman. I also had a team... Uh, I had two dynasty teams that I felt like were going to take it down um, or close to it um, championship level teams in FFPC dynasties where I had Jonathan Taylor and it just killed you uh, to have Taylor in your lineup because he goes down so early, accumulates no fantasy points. Uh, you're stuck with a zero. And in both of those leagues, I ended up getting eliminated um, where I was not a top two seed, but I was like three or four, um, but like firepower teams that, that could have made a big run and could have taken them down. So it's significant law injury losses this weekend. The Jonathan Taylor teams, it cost me a lot of money. I'm hoping that the Jalen Hurts teams uh, do not cost me as, nearly as much money. Uh, Dan Williamson and I have one uh, NFFC online championship team where we had Jalen Hurts as our starter, uh, and that team is doing very well. We're, we're, we're you know, within striking distance, if you want to put it like that, in terms of where we're at, in terms of the overall uh, standings. But we get to pivot to Kirk Cousins, which is not the worst thing. Uh, in terms of backup quarterbacks, that's, you know, you have to feel pretty decent if you, you're able to pivot to, to Kirk Cousins. Uh, shout out to George. George, we're going to go over KJ Osborne uh, and his 16 targets uh, when we get to the wide receivers, but I am bullish on him. So just to um, get after it, just like every other week, um, I'm following my waiver wire column. I write for Player Profiler. I uh, pretty much the same guys I'm talking about today. I write about. So if you want to read about it a little more in depth, uh, go ahead. You'll go ahead and go for it. Um, but I think that first off, you need to appreciate the moment. Take a step back. You worked hard all off season. If you're playing in meaningful games this week, it means you grinded. It means you got through a crazy season, and you're still you're still within fighting distance. This is the money week for most home leagues. So, and also this is the money week for a lot of FFPC dynasty leagues. If you win this week, you're looking at a nice size, uh, nice size chunk of money, um, especially in these higher dollar formats and F uh, FFPC uh, dynasty leagues. And then for home leagues, most of them award first and second. 
first and second get paid a sizable amount of money and pretty much everything else does not get paid. I'm in two uh, longtime home leagues and one actually pays third place. The other uh, league pays uh, most points in, in the regular season, uh, that money. So uh, this is a, I had a buy in both home leagues uh, last week and I had a, a one seed and a two seed. So this is like, uh, this is like the pressure filled week. It's not like the the high stakes formats like FFPC and NFFC where FFWC where, you know, you're rewarded for scoring a bunch of points and you're paid a lot for the regular season. Uh, home leagues, it's how you do in this stretch run. So it's uh, a little more pressure, but it's it's something that you should embrace. You want to have pressure filled fantasy football uh, matchups, especially this late in the season. It's it's kind of funny. You get these in, in August. Everybody wants to talk about fantasy football. It's the thing that everybody wants to talk about. You know, you're going over you know, who, who's your who's your number one pick? Oh, man, I just crushed my draft. I'm so excited about my team. And then it's like a slow drip as the season moves along, less and less people talk about it. So you're kind of able to tell the people that are still playing meaningful games are the ones that are actually talking fantasy football right now. Uh, some people have, are, you know, holding their heads down and ready to get to the offseason, ready to get to NFL playoffs. Uh, so so be, be excited for it. Uh, last week, we went over a bunch of defensive defensive options. Uh, there was a couple of underwhelming defensive performances. I know Kansas City, I did not expect Houston to hang with them like they did. Houston, you know, really went for it, and, and Houston put up a great fight, and you did not get a smash game out of the Kansas City defense. So hopefully this week, uh, you know, you get your defense is able to put up more points. We usually don't talk about defenses, but when you get to the final four um, of a fantasy league, you have to assume you're going up against a, a team with a very strong roster, Every single team left. Uh, you know, usually there's one or two teams that kind of sneak in, maybe have a decent record, not as much points. Those teams usually kind of get exposed last week. So uh, I, I would say in most leagues, the top four teams are playing, or at least three of the top four teams are playing this week. Um, so you're going up against a good lineup. Teams have fewer holes and a lot more firepower. So you want to be able to have as good a kicker and as good a defense as possible. And you want to make very sound lineup decisions this week. Do not be attached by where you drafted a guy or, you know, where they're ranked. You want to have conviction with your starts. A, a guy who's been struggling but has a big name is not necessarily the guy you want to go into this week. This is a weekly sport. So for me, I know I have a league where I'm going to bench Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown uh, looked great with Kyler Murray but it's just not happening with the Colt McCoy, uh, Trace McSorley, you know, mashup uh, that we saw last week. It's a lot of low A dot throws. He's still got eight targets, but it's not a guy that I want to put my money on uh, this week. So I'm looking to try to have pivot options from guys like Hollywood Brown. Who your Hollywood Brown is could be could be just about anyone. Shout out to Roger Wells in the chat. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing Zay Jones. I'm playing Zay Jones over a lot of wide receivers this week. You have to feel really good about Zay Jones. The Jets are a pretty pretty difficult matchup. However, Trevor Lawrence is playing fantastic. Zay Jones is playing fantastic. And you have to like that Jacksonville Jaguars team. They, they you know, any reservations on them uh, kind of go out the window with that Dallas game. You saw Travis Etienne bounce back. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be all about Zay Jones. So basically going over a couple of our defensive options, kind of separate ourselves. In most leagues, Tennessee is rostered. Uh, people saw this look-ahead game against Houston. Tennessee is still 52% available, though. So they're higher than our threshold, but they're worth mentioning. 
Uh, on Yahoo, they're 52% available. It's a smash game against Houston. The Titans are a seven-point home favorite. They just sacked Justin Herbert three times, um, and they could really tee off on Davis Mills and the Jeff Driscoll combo. You also have to think about what did the Kansas City game take out of Houston? Houston's had back-to-back games against Dallas and Kansas City where they've come close but lost in the end. So they've really put a lot into it with a limited talent talent on their roster. Um, Damian Pierce is done. He's on the IR. They're they're kind of a mash unit. They're using Jeff Driscoll sometimes. I mean, they're trying everything they can. It could really get exposed. Tennessee is desperate for a win, and this could just be a beatdown. So I like the Tennessee defense. The Cleveland defense, they're red hot. They just held Baltimore to three points last week. They shut down Houston in week, week 13 with a 30-point defensive performance. Uh, if Cleveland's available, I would grab them. I would prioritize them. They're 74% available in Yahoo leagues. Um, they face a Saints offense that's averaging 12.3 points per game over their last three. Saints offense is struggling. So go ahead and, and try to add that Cleveland defense. If Cleveland's taken, you could pivot at like a DFS mentality and pivot to the Saints defense because Cleveland is not exactly a juggernaut right now either. And the Saints defense still has some, has some playmakers uh, that could cause real problems for them. Uh, so the Saints defense is not the issue. It's the offense. So you could pivot there, but Cleveland really prioritized them. I'm going to use them in a, in a couple of spots this week. I had them rostered on, on some of my postseason teams, and also I'm using them in a home league. I'm using them in a few dynasty leagues. Uh, the Chargers defense, this is a team you really want to add. This time of the year, you want to roster multiple defenses because your bench doesn't really matter as much. Those 10-point-per-game guys um, that you might have wanted to have on your roster because of bye weeks, they don't really matter anymore because you don't have to deal with bye weeks. You only have two weeks to get through. So rostering multiple defenses is is kind of a sound strategy. Not only are you giving yourself defensive options and great matchups, but you're preventing your league mates from using these against you. So the Los Angeles Chargers defense is one I'm really looking at. Um, We saw the Rams last night. They they were – Pretty bad against uh, Green Bay. I would say that Cam Akers had, had his moments, but uh, that Rams offense is really struggling. Um, I think they were, you know, kind of showed uh, who they were a little bit more than they did against the Raiders, where they had kind of the goodwill of the end of the game. Uh, Baker Mayfield is not a very good starting quarterback. I think we we can come to that conclusion now. Um, I think there was a little bit of optimism after the Raiders ending, but you give teams time to prepare for Baker, and uh, they're – they're going to do well. So I like the Chargers matchup against Indianapolis this week. No Jonathan Taylor. Um, that that Colts offense is going to be a little more limited, uh, certainly without a very talented back like Taylor. Um, but I love the Chargers next week as a team to as a team to hold on to for that Week 17 game against the Rams. It's a crosstown game. Brandon Staley can't lose that game. It would be a really bad look for him. Uh, the Chargers are red hot. They've they've held Miami and Tennessee to 31 points combined in back-to-back wins. And again, they get to pay, play Baker Mayfield. The team that's available in almost every Yahoo league, if you want to be bold, you go for the red-hot Detroit Lions defense. They, they're sizzling. They've won six of their last seven games. They've had eight sacks in their previous two games, and they've forced three turnovers in those two games. They also scored on a punt return touchdown on Sunday. Uh, so they get to go up against Sam Darnold this week, which you've got to love. Uh, next week, again, they play the Bears, so it's not the ideal Week 17 matchup just because of Justin Fields, 
Uh, but if you do get stuck, uh, the Bears, you know, they, they've had their, their moments struggling and they certainly can be turned over. But this week, the matchup against Carolina is, is just very good. You have to think they're going to be able to get to Sam Darnold. Um, Detroit, again, is one of the hottest teams in football. They've won six of seven. Nobody wants to play Detroit right now. So that would be kind of like my pivot defense that's available everywhere. So again, Tennessee, Cleveland, the Los Angeles Chargers, and Detroit. This isn't to say that you shouldn't use one of the elite defenses that you've used all season long. You know, by all means, if you have New England or a team like that, go for it. Uh, the Jets this week, that's a sneaky matchup. Um, I might pivot to one of the defenses I listed instead of trying to go against those red hot Jaguars. But again, it's you can go with start your studs. But at the end of the day, you're trying to win this week. And those defenses all have great matchups. Quarterback wise, uh, just to, it's funny. I wrote this article and I put Gardner Minshew in my article for Player Profiler because I thought that we're going to be talking about Jalen Hurts sitting out week 17. If the Eagles beat the Cowboys, they're in great shape for the bye. Um, if they lose to the Cowboys, which it looks like they might, they're like five-point dogs now, uh, then all bets are off, which is probably good if you're a – that's kind of like I guess the silver lining here would be if you have Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, uh, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. They're not going to be sat out in Week 17 now if the Eagles lose this week. So they they won't have Jalen Hurts attached to them. But I guess that's kind of the silver lining is you might not have to scramble in Week 17. Um so I wrote about Gardner Minshew as a guy to add because of the week 17 Jalen Hurts loss because of their just winning so much. And it was like, uh, I guess a terrible omen I even put him in there because Gardner Minshew now is one of the better ads of the week. Um, you know, you could see him, uh, you know, having a decent game. That Dallas team just let up a top five QB performance of Trevor Lawrence. Gardner Minshew has the best weapons of his career in A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Dallas Goddard is back this week. The Eagles are a prideful team. You also have to factor in the fact that Minshew will not be running like Jalen Hurts uh, was. Um, that's certainly not his game. He's not immobile, but he's not going to be scrambling out there. They're not going to use him on the goal line. So uh, Gardner Minshew is one where I, I would, I'm going to be using him myself. And uh, in terms of some of the the options this week, I think you know he's one that he's one that I would consider. Um, you also want to try to add him so the Jalen Hurts manager cannot add him if he's available in your league. If you have a little more fab, you know, try to block that manager from getting a replacement. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is available now in less than 25 in, in, in over uh, our threshold, which is kind of wild, you know, but the market reacted to him. He was quarterback 18 for the season. I bring him up because he has a week 17 game against Minnesota, Green Bay, Minnesota, Minnesota defense has been leaky. You could see that game turning into kind of a sneaky Aaron Rodgers type shootout. So if you're in a home league, Aaron Rodgers is available. He's one to consider. Again, we talked about Jared Goff. He's not available in most of most of these leagues, but he's one you would try to add for that week 17 game against Chicago as well. And then Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's like a must start in, in Superflex, I think, from moving forward. Uh, he's had a Jimmy Garoppolo-like six touchdown passes over his last three games. Um, you know, we've seen the the offense kind of come alive despite despite the Debo Samuel loss. San Francisco is just kind of rolling people. So if in a in a super flex format, you're absolutely starting Brock Purdy. And then as a look ahead, if you have a Jalen Hurts team, Brock Purdy has the Vegas Raiders next week. 
So he's got a great week, uh, week 17 matchup. Um, quickly getting back to the chat, Matt Leahy, how you doing, Matt? How are you feeling about Bam Knight this week after last week and another week of Zach Wilson? I think it's a neutral matchup against Jacksonville. Um, the game is at home in New York. Uh, I think that the Jacksonville defense um, can be beaten, and I think they're going to look to try to establish the run uh, early on. I like the matchup for Garrett Wilson a little bit more, despite Zach Wilson being in there. Uh, we saw Garrett Wilson end the game well. He, he ended up with you know 13 or so points, which I think if you are, if if you have Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson's under center, if you're getting that 13 to 15 points per game, uh, you've got to feel great about it. You just want him to kind of you know, keep that wide receiver two line. Uh, but I feel okay about, about Bam Knight this week. I think that that's one where um, I think it's a neutral game. I think that it's going to be a close one. I think the Jets are going to try to run the ball on them. Uh, I think you have to feel decent about Bam Knight's workload. Um, and then again, uh, shout out to, to Roger and Harry Snowman talking about the, we're going to talk about Indianapolis right now. So Zach Moss and Dion Jackson are both waiver wire ads this week. I think that there's certain people higher on Zach Moss than I am. Zach Moss had 24 carries for 81 yards as Jonathan Taylor's replacement last week. So he seems to be kind of like the low-hanging fruit in terms of the high-volume back, um, which is you know the kind of guy we should add. I don't know. To me, it's to me, it's it's interesting. You have to use Fab on Zach Moss because of the chance that this becomes a high-volume uh, two-week ride. Uh, and at the end of the day, nobody has that much Fab left anyway. But I am just curious to see if they use a little more Deion Jackson. Uh, this past week, Moss completely outsnapped him, 53-25. to 25. He outcarried him, and he ran more routes. But we did see Deion Jackson have some success earlier in the season, um, and I wonder if there's some self-scouting by Indianapolis where they use a little more Jackson. It's kind of a mess uh, to say the least. Uh, neither guy is giving us, you know, a whole, like if this was Deion Jackson who got that workload last week, I would be thrilled. But the, the fact that they're using Zach Moss like this, uh, it's, it's not an ideal situation. They do have great matchups though. The Chargers and the Giants have been pretty generous to running backs all year. Chargers are, are a good matchup for a running back this week. I just don't have any – I don't have a whole lot of conviction on Zach Moss being able to repeat this kind of volume. And I think I'm trying to avoid this having to use one of them. But I do think one of them will end up with like low-end RB2 numbers just based on the matchup uh, and the fact that the Colts need to run the ball uh, in order to compete in this game. So it's a tough one. Um, I don't want to let somebody get these guys for, for, uh, for free, basically in my league. Um, so again, I think you have to prioritize Moss begrudgingly. I say that I like Deion Jackson's profile profile better. Um, shout out to shout out to Jessel Jones. Zach Moss is a bum. Um, it's, it's just a bad offense in, in, in Indianapolis. I think, you know, besides Michael Pittman, I, I don't really want to use anybody in Indianapolis this week, but Again, some people are scrambling right now in terms of running backs. Um, looks like Travis Etienne is going to uh, play this week, but he did take a knock. I think if you have Etienne, you have to roster Jermichael Hasty. And even if you don't have Travis Etienne, the fact that he he got knocked out of the game, he came back in. Now they play on a short week against against New York. Um, there's always a chance that he could he could take a, a setback and he could miss next week in Week 17. 
If he does, Jermichael Hasty is a very valuable guy because of his pass catching ability. Uh, Jermichael Hasty would be one of the cuffs that I would kind of prioritize if he's available. Um, Khalil Herbert comes back from the IR this week. Chicago's is kind of devoid of offensive playmakers. You know, all of their wide receivers have gone down. They're very run heavy. Uh, Khalil Herbert against Detroit in week 17 is interesting. Uh, I think that if you're in like a complete jam, depending on his workload this week, he might be a guy that, I mean, you always see crazy stuff happen in week 17 and Khalil Herbert could come back with a little bit of juice. Last week, David Montgomery had a great game. He's playing tremendous football, but Khalil Herbert has four games over 74 yards rushing this season. Um, He showed his talent and he's a guy that, you know, I think you should add. Uh, I wouldn't add a single Houston Texans running back. Just don't do it. Just move on. You don't want to have those guys. Uh, in my article, I included Boston Scott uh, because of the, the the Week 17 scenario. So if you want to add Boston Scott just based on the chance that Philadelphia beats Dallas uh, and is able to get that one seed locked up uh, and they hold guys out, you could see Boston Scott with a lot of volume in Week 17 as kind of a look ahead. And then the rest of your roster, you just want to fill it with handcuffed running backs. Jalen Warren really flashed last week in terms of usage. Uh, He's one that I've always talked about as a a handcuff uh, to keep Jordan Mason, Joshua Kelly, Samaje Piran, Marlon Mack at this point. These guys are all the kind of handcuffs that could gain a ton of value next week. You're better off rostering these guys on your bench than you are a guy like, you know, a Mac Hollins type who you might not ever play where you're keeping him for depth when you really need to get through two weeks with no buys. So roster the roster the hell out of handcuffed running backs that are available on the chance that one of them gets an opportunity in week 17. You all saw what happened with Jonathan Taylor last week. We had a near injury with Travis Etienne. Injuries happen this time of year. Guys are breaking down. Teams hold people out if they're not playing for, for anything meaningful. And you see crazy, uh, crazy uh, score lines in week 17. Go through any single season and look at week 17 scores, week 16 scores. When guys start breaking down, you see some random names having big smash spots in, in, in championship week. You want to give yourself an opportunity to beat the market and add these guys for $0 a dollar this week. So fill your fill your roster with those guys. Wide receivers, we brought up KJ Osborne. It's a really light week for wide receivers ad, ads for our threshold. Um, KJ Osborne, Osborne would be my favorite one. And I also bring him up as a guy to prioritize for FFPC dynasty uh, managers and other dynasty formats that still have open waivers. KJ Osborne, if it's a shallow dynasty format, might be available. Um, he is has a chance, I think, to take a really big step forward next year. I think he'll be like a really popular, if you want to look at it like from NFFC, FFWC perspective, like a wide receiver heavy format, I think like KJ Osborne will be like Josh Palmer was this year, where He'll go in like the eighth round just based on maybe even the seventh if, if Adam Thielen's gone. A guy that people think is going to take a step forward. Um, I mean, he really flashed. You, you, you can't say anything uh, about it. Um, he filled in, had that tremendous drive when, when Justin Jefferson was out of the game briefly. Um, he had 16 targets. Now, again, it was a perfect storm in terms of a comeback. Uh, Minnesota was in comeback mode the entire second half. They were throwing all over the field. Uh, but he had 16 targets. He had 10 catches for 157 yards and a touchdown. Like KJ Osborne this week, I'm if I had him in a league, um, I might use him over you know one of these name wide receivers that hasn't been doing anything. Like for instance, if it was KJ Osborne versus Hollywood Brown this week, I'm absolutely considering Osborne. 
He's red hot. They just went to him. Uh, he's actually scored a touchdown in back-to-back games. So he's a guy that I would prioritize. And then again, if you're a dynasty manager and you have fab left, dynasty's funny. A lot of times, like in, in redraft leagues, you'll have like $0 or $2 this week. But in some dynasty formats, just because you're not cutting guys nearly as often, you know, you might have a hundred bucks left. I would prioritize KJ Osborne. Um, he's the kind of guy that I think is going to gain value in the offseason. Again, uh, Adam Thielen, they could absolutely move on from. Um, and, and KJ Osborne could be their wide receiver too. It would be a, a pretty condensed target tree with Justin Jefferson getting, you know, his 30% target share. But then KJ Osborne um, and TJ Hawkinson both being a part of the offense. So Osborne's shown what he can do. Um, and I think he's kind of ascending to end the season. Best ball uh, managers are just flexing their KJ Osborne right now. You have KJ Osborne in, in best ball. I mean, you're running pure right now because of last week. Another guy who is really ascending is Rashid Shahid. We talked about him in the GOAT district um, a couple times over the last couple weeks. And I think we kind of beat the market. Um, Chris Olave's had a sensational year, but Shahid has really uh, come on. Uh, he had a, he's been one of the bright spots for the Saints. He's had three straight games of 53 yards or more receiving. Uh, and he had his best game of the season on Sunday. He led the Saints in routes run, and he finished with three catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. He's an explosive player with upside. I think sometimes it's easy to kind of brush these guys aside at the end of the year and just say, you know, he's a big play guy. But at the end of the day, you want to you you might be a significant underdog in in a in a championship week. So if you really are, I mean, playing a floor play versus playing a guy who could who could get you 25 on on two big plays. Um, you know, I tend to want to go with the higher ceiling guy. That's just me. If I'm going to go down, I go down swinging. If you lose a championship matchup by 50, uh, it's a little bit uh, easier to take sometimes than losing it by seven uh, because you didn't play high upside guys. So I think Shahid, if he does it again this week and you're in a bind next week, I mean, that's a guy we need to consider because he's ascending. He's young. He's extremely fast. Um, he's a guy that also you should prioritize in Dynasty because I think, he, you know, next year it could be him and Alave as the two starting wide receivers. I mean, Shahid has basically dusted Jarvis Landry right now. So um, he's interesting. Russell Gage, uh, Julio Jones is dealing with a knee injury. Russell J Gage had his best performance of the season last uh, last week. He caught eight balls for 59 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I consider him more of a floor play, uh, but he has a chance to be well-targeted once again. Again, he's kind of red hot. He had 12 targets last week. So uh, that's that's one to consider. And then Chris Moore. Chris Moore is like, it's just funny. There's no Houston Texan you should roster right now besides Chris Moore. Chris Moore's had 20 targets his past two games. Uh, he's the only Houston Texan worth rostering. I think if you're in a jam, you could put him in as the, the flex uh, or wide receiver three, just based on the fact that I think he's going to have uh, volume again. I think there's a chance he could have 10 targets this week um, against that against that Tennessee Titans defense. So I wouldn't feel great about it, but at the, get, the end of the day, he has a little more juice. Uh, tight end wise, um, the the number one uh, tight end uh, option for me would be uh, Chig Akonkwo. Once again, um, Chig has just been on a tear. Uh, he has 17 catches on 21 targets. He's lost four games. Um, he's an ascending talent. You know, we saw him have a touchdown and a two point conversion uh, last week, um, and he followed it up this week with decent enough volume. You know. At the end of the day, 
nine points is, is getting you through. And, you know, in terms of the tight end one line, as sad as it is to say, that's putting you right around tight end one territory. So Chig, again, like Shahid, if you get to week 17 and you're in a championship game and I need a guy who can make a big play, I might might shove him into the, my tight end slot over a perceived floor play guy um, because I want to go down swinging and I want to play hot guys that are red hot guys that are that could potentially have a big play um you know again it's a one week season this week it's a one week season to get to next week and next week it's a one week season to ship it so chig's exactly the kind of guy you want to have if he's still available and then Jawan Johnson Jawan Johnson it's absolutely crazy right now he's third uh, among all tight ends in in touchdown catches he has seven touchdown catches excuse me he's second among all tight ends and touchdown catches with seven. Travis Kelsey has 12. Jawan Johnson has seven. George Kittle has six. And then Mark Andrews and Cole Kometich have five. As wild as it is, Jawan Johnson is, is second among all tight ends in touchdown uh, receptions. So last week, you know, there was a chance he wasn't even going to play. He was like on the injury report. And then he comes out and he was tight end one overall for the week. He caught four passes uh, on six targets for 67 yards and two touchdowns. So again, he's touchdown dependent, but the tight end position is an absolute mess. So I would consider Jawan Johnson. I would prefer playing Chig than Jawan Johnson. Um, one thing to consider is Traylon Burks could be back this week, but I don't think that necessarily does uh, makes Chig disappear. I just think he's part of the offense now. Um, getting to the chat real quick. Uh Deontay Johnson has turf toe. If he's out, how do you feel about Pickens? I feel okay about Pickens. I, I um, You have Kenny Pickett back this week, which would, should make you like Pickens a little more. I've just been kind of let down by certain times I've used Pickens this, this year. Um, but again, if Deontay Johnson is out, that's definitely one to consider. Um, shout out to Jessel Jones in the chat. Um, this week he has Hurts. Should he look to drop Nico Collins to try to take a QB, QB option from his opponent who has Hurts? Yes, you absolutely should. I would rather prevent my opponent from having a good uh, QB option than I would uh, being able to have Nico Collins at this point. So Nico's a guy that uh, that I've liked uh, this season. But yeah, you're, to prevent your opponent from, from having a good QB option, that's how you win this week, not starting Nico Collins if he plays. Um, and then a shout-out to uh, 1912. Any interest in Huntley? I think that Baltimore offense just doesn't look very good. I think if you have J.K. Dobbins or you have, um, you know, even Gus Edwards, you kind of feel decent about, you know, the running backs. But I don't feel good about Huntley right now. They just got held to three points against Cleveland. Um, they're they're really struggling. Mark Andrews is struggling. That's an offense that I that I I am really really uh, apprehensive about at this point. Um, so anyway, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, have a, a Merry Christmas. Have a Happy Hanukkah. Um, enjoy the the time with your family. It's it's been awesome doing these pods with you guys all season long. Hopefully the OG Livewire has been helpful to your process. And let's uh let's cash some tickets, man. Let's win some games this week. Uh, if you're competing for overall uh, titles, I hope your team runs pure this week. And uh, make sure you tune in this evening. We have an awesome high stakes roundtable. Uh, if anybody's tuned into our previous high stakes roundtables, they've just been tremendous. In terms of the level of guest, um, in terms of their success in high stakes fantasy, and also their knowledge of the game, um, it's been second to none. 
And these are guys who know how to win in fantasy football. So these are some of the best guests we have um, just in terms of how they help my process. And I know they can help your process. Um, we have two guys who I compete against uh, a little too often uh, for my for my checkbook. Um, but two guys I really enjoy competing against because they're two of the best in, in high stakes fantasy. Billy Wazowski and Chris Ebel, who are both NFFC Hall of Famers. Again, they're both in the NFFC Hall of Fame. They're going to join us and we're going to discuss predicting 2023 NFFC ADP. And also we're going to each give our top 12 ranks. So we're going to predict the market and we're going to give our own early ranks for NFFC uh, drafting. So it's going to be awesome tonight. Make sure you tune in. We're going to be there at 830 tonight, Eastern Standard Time. And again, uh, have a happy holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. All that stuff. Um, and thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your day.